0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keene and you are watching and listening to the Brett Keene Show. I hope you're all having a wonderful time. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter and if you'd like to support me, you can do it through Cash App. The links are right on my profile of Twitter if that's something you're interested in doing. Today we're gonna to talk about can a Christian be a homosexual? Can a Christian be attracted to the same gender and somehow still manage to follow, worship God, adhere to him, respect God, and do it this way? Before I answer or I respond to any of those type of questions, first I'm going to acknowledge and make you all aware in case you don't know, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pope, Um, I have no authority of any kind of church whatsoever to be able to say this or talk about the things I'm talking about. I'm going to give you some verses, and we're going to discuss them. And Christians are more than welcome to correct me if they think that I'm wrong about what I'm about to tell you. According to the Bible, in James chapter 2, verse 10, it says... If you've committed one sin, you are guilty of all. Which seems to mean, whether small or big, it's a sin. And those sins mean that you're guilty of all of the commandments. You break one, you've broken them all. According to Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 32, it says, No sin is greater than another. And Romans is written by a guy named Paul who... Literally, before he found Christ, went around and killed people. He murdered people. And he murdered Christians, people who believed in Jesus Christ. But if you were to ask any Christian out there, do they believe that Paul made it to heaven? Do they believe that when Peter violently assaulted a guard that wanted to take Jesus Christ away by cutting the man's ear off, mutilating him, was that okay? Well... Jesus says, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. However, homosexuality does have special words used on it in the Old Testament that a lot of sins do not. And some atheists out there might actually bring it up. They'll say, Well, in Leviticus, it says homosexuality is an abomination to God. Well, what is an abomination? It means that God hates something, he loathes it. Loathing means hate. Abomination means it's something that God strictly hates. So does that mean that it's bigger or smaller? Well, if we take a look in Psalms 5.5, it says God hates all workers of iniquity. And what is workers of iniquity? People who are lawless. People who break the commandments. People who sin. If you're a transgressor of the law and the commandments, then you're a sinner. Sinner. And the Bible says that there's not one man or woman in this world that is without sin. That's the reason why Jesus Christ came to the earth and died on the cross. So you would have the potential and the ability to actually be forgiven for what you've done. Now the difference between homosexuality and a few of those sins out there that God has an issue with, is some of these sins, they can be done once or twice. Are more. Depends. Like a person, usually whenever they go out and rob somebody, I would say a majority of people, they don't take pride in being a thief. Unless they're like a jewel thief or one of those art thieves or something. Perhaps deep down inside, they feel good about themselves and they feel like they've done something great. Especially whenever they make a lot of money off of the theft that they do. If they continue to do it over and over, then obviously there's going to be a problem there. It's really difficult and challenging to call yourself a Christian at the same time being a thief. But somehow there's a lot of Catholics out there and a lot of preachers who have ripped people off who seem to think that at the end of the day they're still going to go to heaven. Well, I'm not God, I'm not the judge, so I can't determine what's going to happen. I have no idea what's in these people's hearts. There are many Christians out there, as well as non-believers and people of other faiths, who will look at pornography while they know that they're married. Can they continue to go to church and continue to be a Christian and claim to respect Jesus Christ while doing so? Well, I think deep down in their heart, they probably know that what they're doing is wrong. They know that it's not good for their loved one that they're married with, and some will even claim that they're partners are okay with that kind of thing. Some people claim that their partners are okay with them having an open relationship. That's a little difficult to argue as well. Is it okay to have an open relationship? Well, in the Bible, there were people who actually had several wives. That's right. Solomon, he had, according to the Bible, over a thousand wives, some of the most beautiful women ever. And I guess he would basically make love to one one or another of them, or maybe several of them at the same time. Who knows what his sexual life was? Most people know that King David was a bit promiscuous and went so far as to killing an innocent man just so he could be with this man's woman. But What was her name? Bathsheba? Something of that nature. A lot of the men in the Bible did some pretty rough stuff. Abraham himself, which is what all three religions, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, Abraham himself, Abrahamic religion, slept with a concubine. And the wife set him up to do it because she didn't think that she was young enough to have children anymore. So they went ahead and had a child, and if people look back in history and in the story of Abraham, especially in the Quran, you'll discover that's where the Muslims actually came from. And God said he would protect those Muslims. He said that the people that came from the concubine would be protected, and they would have great multitudes of people, and they would have kingdoms. That's the reason why Islam is so big. God protects them whether Christians believe that the God of the Quran is the same God as the Bible. Even in the Bible, it says that God is there for them and he didn't abandon this concubine who had a child of Abraham's. So I guess when it comes down to it, when you commit a sin, The idea is through Jesus Christ, you repent of it. You don't take pride in what you're doing wrong. You'll do something. You might be tempted. You might fall into lust. You might have sex with a woman. You may cheat on your wife or your wife cheats on you. And it's going to hurt everybody that's involved, obviously. It's going to cause a lot of destruction. And it isn't going to please God in any kind of way. We all sin, and if one sin, it means that we've committed it all, that we've broken the law, then we're going to be in trouble for it. Now, God doesn't do like um, what cops do and FBI agents and police. Police have different, and court systems have different ideas of the severity of the law. But God is not a human being, so he doesn't see it that way. Evil to him is evil. There is no, God has never said there's a lesser evil here and then a stronger evil here. Evil is evil, sin is sin, no matter how you look at it. Technically, a person could be gay and actually believe in their heart that they're committed to God. There's absolutely no way that any of you out there can fight your own attractions you know, even homosexuals they'll claim that they say, I can't I can't fight it. I'm attracted to people and I just can't stop myself from doing it. Now there's a scary thing to this and there's also um uh, there's something here to be worried about. When a person says that they can't control their sexual urges and that they just have to go sleep with people, you do realize that child molesters also make that same argument. They say I didn't want to do things with children, but you know I had the urge, as they claim. So they went ahead and they did it. It's not really a good argument, isn't? And it's not going to fly with God. It doesn't fly with humanity or the court system. So it's not going to fly, probably, with God. But I can tell you this. If you truly feel bad about what you're doing, if you truly feel as though what you're doing is a sin and you acknowledge it, and you say to God, give me the strength, give me the ability to be able to get through this temptation and this lust. Help me, support me, be there for me. Oh Lord, whenever I'm in these dark moments or these moments where my brain is frenzied and my hormones are wanting to take over my body, then perhaps there is a way, but I can assure you that if you're a part of the LGBT movement where you make a holiday out of it and you run down the street naked claiming that you take pride in all this sin that you commit, then you're definitely not going to be repented of it. It's one thing to actually do this, go out and have sex with someone of your gender. And then turn around and say, God, I, I I want to change. I want to do better for myself. And then there's another thing where you actually celebrate the sins that you commit. If a Christian goes out and cheats over and over and over on his wife, or a Christian looks at pornography over and over and then basically pats himself on the back and says, good job, and doesn't acknowledge the wrongness in it, then I assure you there's no way to get to heaven doing that. But if you're a person who from time and time again you fall into sin and you ask God to help you and and get you through, then there's a chance that you could make it into heaven having that issue. Some Christians out there may argue with me and say, no, 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 That, that couldn't be possible. You know, you're not supposed to do that with your body and do these kind of things. Well, the thing is, is that God is interested in our soul. He's not interested so much in what we do with our physical body. Um, It does say in the Old Testament, don't damage your temple. Don't, you know, uh, dilute it with all kinds of nonsense. But in the end, we're all going to die and our physical bodies will be nothing just crumbs floating around in space when the world ends. It's our soul. Do we, inside of us, in our very soul, in our very breath, do we want to be better? Do we want to do good? If we stood before Jesus Christ right now, and we were given a choice to either worship and follow our lust and temptations and our desires to do evil, or to follow Jesus Christ. What would you truly do? Would you be the man who says I'm rich. I'm rich. Um, can I follow you Jesus Christ? And he says no. No you can't. Because you care more about your wants and your desires. As opposed to what it is that I'm trying to teach. And what I'm trying to do. So basically I'm saying in a nutshell that yeah, you're going to sin. No matter who you are out there, you're going to sin. You're going to have problems. As long as you don't bathe in your sins and continuously do them over and over and over again and celebrate it, then there might be a chance. But again, I'm going to finish with this. I'm not God. So if you stand before God... And he said that you've fallen into your temptation too much. If you chose your desires and your sexual wants over what he asked you to do, who knows? Who knows? As far as child molestation goes, though, which seems to be a a pattern consistent thing with transgenders out there, men who want to be women, well... God went a bit far with what he thinks about that. Um, he said that if you hurt little people, you hurt children, then it's better for you to tie a milestone around your neck and be dropped into the sea. It's pretty clear that there's no way you're getting to heaven doing that kind of stuff. But he's not just talking about sexual nature causing children to stumble. If you're a false preacher who's lying to a child or you're scaring children or doing horrible things to kids, whether it's sexual in nature or not, you're going to burn for it. And when I say burn, remember I'm an annihilationist. I mean that your soul will be destroyed. God doesn't have no use for you. I know that much. The Bible is straight up clear on that. As far as the Old Testament, whenever it says stone adulterers, stone people who commit bestiality, stone homosexuals and all that, that is in the Old Testament. And Christians have repeatedly had to remind people that we're under a new covenant. We also have to keep people reminded that a lot of that stuff that went on in the Old Testament was between primitive tribes and civilizations back then. It was very important, especially in the Old Testament, that families come together to be able to create children and populate the earth. That was very important to God that families exist and be able to produce and bear fruit and multiply. God doesn't change, though, some could argue. And since God doesn't change, then Old Covenant, New Covenant, whatever the covenant is called, God is always going to have the same view on that. So that's something to keep in mind. Is it mean? Does it mean that God doesn't exist? Or that God is hateful because he laid down these rules or these specific things that he wants? No. Whenever a child comes into this world, a father and mother have the perfect right to be able to say what they expect from their children what it will take to get yourself disowned or abandoned or whatever. God's love, I don't know who came up with the idea that God's love is just unconditional no matter what. Obviously, it's not if God says that he hates all workers of iniquity. Obviously, there are people out there that do things that are so awful... God felt even before mankind existed there would need to be a place for them to go where they would be destroyed. So I think a lot of people who ask these questions, you already know the answer. You're just trying to find some reason that you can condemn and judge God in order for you to not take accountability for what you've done or what you plan to do. And so be it then you are like the rich man who prefers his desires and his fetishes and his fantasies and his materialistic wants and desires over what God wants for him. If that's the case, I can't tell you for sure if you'll go to heaven or not. Again, it all depends on what's going on in your heart and what God sees because none of us out there have the ability to look inside your heart and mind and understand or fully comprehend who you are, what you're about, and why you do the things you do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, God bless.